buying behavior has changed. Prospects don't click on links and emails anymore, and they don't watch the videos you spend hours creating every week. Instead, send personalized gifts and memes using Vidyu. You can quickly create engaging, personalized content that immediately grabs your prospect's attention, helps you stand out in the inbox, and does it all without forcing them to click anything or go anywhere. Head over to vidyou.io slash salescast to sign up for free and spend less time getting your messages across and more time selling. Welcome to The Sales Hustle, the only no BS podcast where we bring you the real, raw, uncut experiences from sales change makers across various industries. The only place where you can get what you're looking for to up your sales game. Today's episode is brought to you by SalesCast. SalesCast helps sales professionals transform the relationship building process and win their dream clients. I'm your host, Colin Mitchell. All right, what is happening, sales hustlers? Welcome to another episode. This is actually round two with Anthony Garcia. Uh, we had some technical difficulties in the first time, uh, but hey, I think we're going to have a lot of fun, and uh, I've spoke with Anthony before. I've been on his show. Uh, Anthony Garcia is a keynote speaker, best-selling author, and podcast host, and executive coach. Anthony, welcome to the show. Colin, man. Thanks for having me back, dude. Love to kick it going again. Yeah, man. I had a lot of fun going on your show, Catapulting Commissions. Uh, had you come on and, and I made a, a mistake uh, and had a technical difficulty and, and it wasn't salvageable, unfortunately. Uh, but here we are. And today, uh, you know, we're going to dig into a, a topic that I know you're pretty passionate about, recruiting, recruiting and developing a salesperson. So there's going to be tons of nuggets, sales hustlers, you know, uh, stay tuned here, sales leaders, because I know that Anthony's going to drop a ton of fire. But before we dig in there, Anthony, just give us the short Cliff Notes version of your sales story. Yeah, man. Super simple. One, thanks for having me back on the show. I know the first time I was like, ah, maybe the show was crappy, didn't get to the sales <laughs> hustlers. Glad that wasn't the issue, right? Number two, how I, a little bit about my sales background. So I've been uh, in sales or sales leadership for almost 20 years, right? So I started as a 19-year-old kid selling Cutco kitchen knives. That became my job for the next six years, graduated college, built my own sales team, uh, completely enjoyed the direct-to-consumer base. Then mm -hmm. went on four years, B2B sales with a large uh, payroll provider in the country. Did that for four years. Loved it, killed it, hit President's Club Conference, all that good stuff. And then for the past decade or so, I've been in a medical device role, uh, working for one of the largest medical device manufacturers in the world. I'm a regional sales director. I manage a team out west in California and Hawaii. Um, and then about two years ago, yeah, almost two years ago now, I launched Catapulting Commissions, which is a sales book that became an international bestseller, recently was endorsed by Selling Power Magazine. I built the entire Catapulting Commissions uh, consultancy sales agency at the same time. And, uh, you know, it's been, uh, it's been, the reason I built it is I enjoyed my corporate life. I've enjoyed it, but I also wanted to build something that was of generational legacy, right? Something that I can that is my own that I can give to my kids that I can say he here's what we've built because I really couldn't give them the corporate world. I mean, here's stocks and all that stuff if I die tomorrow you're happy whatever that's not fun 
let's build something you can grow it. So I've, you know, I completely taken my passion and the desire for sales and sales leadership, package that up, put it in catapulting commissions. And that is what I've been, been spending a lot of my time on. Yeah. Awesome. I, I mean, a couple things I want to unpack there. So, uh, six years selling Cutco knives, man. You must have been killing it. Uh, that's it, a long stint to be slinging knives. You know, man, I think the average at the time, I think like the average tenure for a Cutco knife rep was like two or three weeks. It wasn't It wasn't <laughs> a long time. And I never, you know, you never really realize how long you're there until you're like, holy crap, man. I mean, it's, and it's, it's funny, right? I showed up, didn't know any better, got really good at selling knives. I was like, oh, I'm going to sell knives. And I, I'll tell you this, man. I made $10,000 in commission in my first eight weeks on the job selling Cutco knives. I was 19 years old, dude. There is no 19 year old kid that needs 10 grand cash, right? Because it's 1099. There was no taxes. I was an independent consult, uh, independent contractor. So, yeah. you know, 10 grand at 19 years old, man. I, pff, I, I was like Elon Musk at 19, dude. I was so happy, man. I had no bills, no expenses. I had the time of my life. And so, oh, yeah. That got me hooked, and then six years later, man, I for six years, I did everything within that industry from sales, managing a team, branching a team, doing the whole nine. Wow. Yeah. I mean, 10 grand commission after two months at 19, you're probably thinking, I'm going to sell knives for the rest of my life. <laughs> it definitely crossed my mind, man. There was, there was some ways. I was like, oh, my goodness. But at that point, what I did learn was sales is a place – that income's unlimited, man. There's no yeah. overtime. There's no. There's no cap on my income. I when I hear friends who are working on a salary and are excited for a three percent pay raise, I'm like, dude, that is brutal. Like, I I want to make more money. Yeah. I sell more stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and even worse if you're working for a sales organization that's capping your commissions. That that just makes me sick. Uh, yeah, I've, I have had, I, I interviewed a, a, a gal on, on the Catapulted Commission show that that's all she was. She was a sales compensation uh, consultant for various big name companies. And I asked her about that and, and companies are trying to get away from it, but some love it because it, it's like a predictable cost, right? Bottom line, yeah. you know what you're going to spend. And I'm the sales manager. I'm like, that is so demotivating. Like I can assure you if, if all I could make 150 grand and I hit my commission bucket, by the start of Q3, I'm done for the rest of the year. Like, there's no, your salary you pay me is not going to get me motivated to do it. Salespeople are wired just a little bit differently. So, yeah, those those caps on commission, man, those those things, they'd be dinosaurs. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all right, so you've had a ton of experience in recruiting and developing uh, reps, right? And, 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 and it sounds like it started even in, in Cutco Knives and building a team there. Um, so t talk to me a little bit about just kind of what you've learned through recruiting reps, what you look for, and, and let's sort of start there. Yeah. So I would say this, right? The moment you become a sales leader or you are the owner of your own company, right? You have a sales component in your company. Mm -hmm. The number one important job for a sales leader is not to generate sales, but to recruit top talent. That's it. You are a recruiter. Your job now is to sell the opportunity you have. That's why sales managers and sales leaders, right? We're expert sales professionals. Not because I can tell you all the bells and whistles and, and all the things about my or about my gizmos or my gadgets, but I can sell you on the opportunity and how the opportunity could change your life. So when you're recruiting somebody, right, you want to ensure that your vision 
is directly communicated to those that you recruit. So I, I look at it, if I'm going to recruit somebody, I want someone who's bought into the vision of what I'm selling, whether it's working in corporate America, whether it's working directly for me, whatever that situation is. So I'm going to focus on the vision that I communicate first. And after I communicate that vision, then we can get into some of the tangibles of what I'm looking for. And I'll tell you this, sales leaders, sales hustlers, if you are in a position where you're a sales leadership, don't be, don't beat yourself up. Every sales leader, every sales manager will tell you this. I've had bad hires. I've had good hires. I've had hires that make me look like a superhero. I've had hires that I'm like, I should not be making these important decisions. It all comes with experience, right? You win some, you lose some, and you learn what you're looking for and how to master that skill. Yeah. So let's take a step back for a second because, yeah, man, I've, I've had some great hires. I've had some good hires. I've had some hires that surprised me. I've had some hires that I'm, I've kicked myself. Um, you know, anybody who's had to recruit sales talent, um, it is definitely a skill that uh, you get over time, like you mentioned, Anthony. But, you know, how can we take a step back here and, and, and give some tactical tips to anybody who's in a position where they're hiring sales talent to avoid some things or to look for specific things? You know, it, it's there's no perfect recipe, right? You could do everything perfect just like on a sales call and it still might not work out. Right. Same thing with, when recruiting. But, you know, one, one thing you mentioned was, you know, you're selling them on that vision. Right. But for the talent, different people care about different things. So do you have any tactics or approaches that you use to really understand the candidate better before selling them on that that vision or that path? Yeah, man, there's 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 three things that I look for. Right. There's, 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 and, and each one of these three things has its own little branches that you can pull off. I look for accountability, results, and entitlement. And I'll, I'll explain what I mean by that. Accountability. If I'm going to go through your resume and your resume has something that's not perfect or your story has something that's not perfect. And fun fact, anytime I interview anyone, whether I'm interviewing somebody for a six figure salary and a sales job that can pay top 1% income in the world, or if I'm interviewing you just to become an entry-level person to sell kitchen knives for me, which I've done both over nearly the past two decades. If you aren't accountable to what is in your resume, to what's in your story, you're not for me. Because if you're going to make an excuse for something that has taken place in your story, in your resume, you're going to make an excuse when you work for me. And I'll take a resume with someone who's like, oh, I finished six years in a row at top 10 and, and President's Club at this great company. And I will find a way to challenge you to tell you those results aren't good enough. The reason I'm going to challenge you to tell you those results aren't good enough. Now, on the inside, I'm like, dude, this guy's a six-year top 10% performer. I want him on my team or I want her on my team. But I'm not letting you know that because I still don't know who you are. So I'm going to find some flaws in your in your resume, in your story, and I'm going to see, are you accountable to your actions? Are you looking for ways to improve? So there's the accountability component. Results. Big believer. Past results, predict future results. It's one of the things that I have a really hard time with. I mean, I recently interviewed uh, a candidate that got all the way to the final interview. And unfortunately, this I mean, this candidate got better every step of the interview process. And in this interview process, uh, this was, was one of one of the high paying jobs that I recruit for. At the end of the day, they were the number two candidate. They were number two out of almost 240 resumes that made it to me. 
And the, 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 the separating factor, and I tried, I tried my hard and I did a lot of work to find it, was results. Past results predict future results. 100%, not 99%. 100% isn't 98%. Hitting, hitting quota every year is better than the person that hit quota five out of six years. Results speak. So previous results predict future results. And last one is entitlement. And this didn't used to be a, as a big of an issue for me. But as I, I don't, I don't want to say as I age myself or get older, there's a sense of entitlement that is coming now in the workforce. Look, I don't care if you finish top 10% in your college. I don't care if you sold the most Girl Scout cookies. What I want to know is you can work. And so I just said results matter. Past results mean future results. But past results don't guarantee future employment. And that's a sense of entitlement that I try to strip somebody. If I ask somebody, do you feel you deserve this job? And they say, yeah, I feel I deserve this job. And I say, why? And the immediate answer is because I've been successful doing this, this, and this. That person is not for me. There's a sense of entitlement. And entitlement Mm -hmm. only gets worse. If their response is, do you feel you deserve this job? And their response is, look, nobody deserves anything. But if you're asking me, am I the best person for this job? You're damn straight, Anthony. And here's the reasons why. Answer that yeah. interview question with me, dude. Yeah. I, I'll yeah. hire you on the spot. Yeah, so. yeah. So you're you're looking for some real, authentic, you know, honesty. Like it, I'm just thinking for myself. If I'm a candidate being interviewed by you, and you ask me that question, I'm gonna tell you no. But I'll work mm-hmm. my fucking ass off. I would love it. I would love it. I would love it. And and if and if I was interviewing a candidate and I and, and now I gotta say I don't I don't speak for all corporate America sales yeah. managers that hire for these big big sales jobs. But when I do, if a candidate was to be honest with me and drop the f bomb like that, I would dig it because I drop f bombs <laughs> all the time. It would show. So, it would show that confidence. See, yeah, confidence you, and entitlement are two totally different things. Yeah, hundred percent. Right? It would show like, hey, am I the best candidate? I don't know, but I'm going to work harder than anybody else and show you if you hire me, right? So, yeah. All right. So, uh, all right. So now uh, there's there's some there's some things you can peel back in that too, right? Because just because somebody has hit quota versus somebody who has or hasn't, there's a lot of different variables that could determine that, right? You know, what sort of territory do they have? You know, were they who was supporting them? Did they get handed a territory or did they build the territory from scratch? Right. So do you dig deep and peel that stuff back? Oh, yeah. So if you 100 percent accountability is everything for me, I I literally peel that back. So I, I peel back if you're in a bad territory during the accountability process. Let's just say if I'm uncovering and you're like, look, you know what? And fun, true story, right? And when I worked in B2B, right, I didn't hit quota my first year. I, I, I was that person that got put in a challenging territory. It was a new expansion territory, no existing relationships. And I know when I interviewed later to break into medical, I got challenged. Like, what was, look, I, and I literally said in the interview, I could tell you that I got an expansion territory and it was a tough year, but that would be making an excuse. It was the condition that I was in. And with all honesty, I didn't master my skill set that first year to be in that expansion territory. I was good in an experienced territory, but not there. And I had to learn a new skill set. Dude, be be honest, accountable for your actions, right? Yeah, but there's there's an important piece there, sales hustlers, because it it, it was calling it what it was, calling it what it was, which was an expansion Mm -hmm. territory, but also taking ownership 
and stating what you could have done better. That's a big difference, right? Candidate comes in and says, yeah, I got a shit territory. The lead sucked, this, that, and the other. You know, I probably shouldn't have taken the job. Eh, no, that's not taking responsibility, right? So you're stating the facts, but you're also saying like, hey, I could have done this or I should have done this and not making an excuse for why there was no past results. So that's a big, that's a big difference. Yeah, 100%. I think, I think the moment that if I have a hiccup in my resume or something that doesn't look good, if I could beat you to the punch and tell you what I learned or what, what, what I would have done differently, my interview is already in a better position. If someone comes to me and is like, here's what happened, and they demonstrate a higher level of situational awareness and say, I know this was an expansion territory. I didn't have the skill set needed. All right. At that time, I wasn't, you know, I, I wasn't good. I, I didn't have that skill set. But I can articulate. I went on and hit quota three years in a row after that. Right. You you just have to have the story to tell the the, the people who make excuses mm-hmm. for bad results without anything that they've learned are people I won't hire because I don't want excuses on my team because you're always going to have adversity. Adversity happens in every aspect of life. If you're accountable for the results during a time of adversity, you'll be accountable for the results when there's not. And typically those results are top 10%. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So let's, um, let's flip, let's flip things around here a little bit, right? Cause we kind of been looking at it from like the hiring sales leader, uh, lens, right? Let's, let's flip it here and kind of give some tips to like the candidate, right? That might be looking to get higher and how can they stand out and, you know, um, make sure that they sell themselves properly to get that job. Right. So let's, if you're, if you're the candidate and you're sitting in the candidate chair, like what are some things that you've seen in hiring that just make people really stand out? So I've I've hired tons of people and and and, and I could be biased. I might upset some people I've hired in the past, but the most recent candidate that I've hired, I would say his interview was top one percent of all people I've ever interviewed. And he ultimately got the job and he interviewed against some really caliber candidates. I mean, I was I was hiring for a position in one of the most desirable communities I would say in the country. So it was that there was some caliber candidates in there. And here's what took place during this interview process that was a win for me. The entire conversation was one sales story. There was nothing in the interview that wouldn't be tied back to another point. So if you go off the traditional star method of interviewing, right? Situation, here's the situation, here's the task at hand, here's the action, here's the results. And if you always tie what you learned into that process, your interview is going to come off so smooth. So during this interview process, this candidate, every question, every challenge that I had, no matter what it was, here was the situation. Here was my responsibilities. Here's what I did to get these. Here's where my results. Here's what I learned from it. And every time we had anything in this resume that I was like, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to try to extract, see if he's going to make an excuse. Never made an excuse situation. Here's the task at hand. Here's what I did. Here were my results. Here's what I learned. And the reason I like to add what you learn, because if the results were you were not stellar, weren't top 10%, weren't top 2%, weren't top 1%, for you to tell me what you've learned, that's an emotional intelligence skill. And I can't teach that. So when you're in an interview, if you can demonstrate 
you've learned the entire process. Every action you've done, you've learned something and you can articulate it. That's great. You know, another thing too. It almost, that sounds, just, it almost sounds like too perfect. <laughs> that's what I was going to say. It's, I, I questioned, I was like, I called, I called the recruiter who, who recruited this person. And I was, and, and I've used this recruiter for almost seven years now. I called her and I said, no shit, Brianna, tell me the truth. Did you coach this guy? Anthony, why would I violate your trust? I don't coach anybody. Like, be like, did he pay you? Did he hire you? Like, did, did, just tell me the truth. She's like, no, he is 100% authentically being himself. And I'm like, that's all I needed to know. But, you know, there was a couple things, right? <clears throat> if you follow a method in interviewing process where you're going to tell the, what you were tasked to do, tell the action you took, tell the results, tell what you learned, you can communicate a point in 20 seconds, not two minutes. People yeah. who don't have a clear, concise structure and how they're going to interview in a sales job are who ramble. And I got to yeah. be honest with you, man. I'm like you, dude. If you ramble in an interview, if I'm forgot the question I asked and you're still answering it, you're not for me. Or or you or you go down such a rant that you say a lot of things, but you don't even answer the question. Oh my goodness. Oh. That's another one. That drives me crazy. It makes you I, want to I, just kick their ass right out the door. Uh, you, you know, it's, I tell you what, man, it's 2021. In this world, maybe just in the zoom. You gotta, you, <laughs> yeah. you have to be professional with some people, but there are some times where I'm like, how did you get this far in the interview process to be in front of yeah. me? What the hell? Yeah. Let's finish this thing up. So, all right. So, so to, to kind of just recap some of these points here, sales hustlers, if you like, say you're a candidate, like what, what Anthony's talking about here is like, ha have a plan, have a structure of how you're going to connect the dots here and take ownership and accountability. Um, you know, tie in what you learned. If you fell short or didn't get ideal results, like if you can tie in like what you learned from that, that that's that's a win right there um but it's like you don't go into a sales call without a plan don't go into an interview without a plan and there's still a lot of folks that like don't even do their homework or their research on the role or the company or who's interviewing them like show up prepared these you are know, basics those are basics i'll tell you this this i've I have hired since I have launched and built catapulting commissions, right? My social media presence is through the roof and I have hired two people since I've done that. Both people had done a lot of research ahead of time and in their interview, they weren't asking some, it was almost like point, like when people were asking questions, like how long have you been in sales? I'm sitting here. I'm like, did you not look at fucking LinkedIn? Did you not Google my fucking name before you walked in here? Is this really what you're going to talk to me about today? I, I, I've wanted to tell one person oh, in the interview yeah. process. I'm like, you you literally have me for an hour in a conference room in downtown Los Angeles, uninterrupted, and your questions are shit you could have learned online. Get out of here, dude! You're, you're, it's, you you blew your opportunity. I'm not here to answer those questions. Yeah. So yeah, don't 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 ask questions that you could have found answers to on your own time. Yeah, and if you and if, here's the thing: if you want to dive deeper on something, right? If you if you want to learn something more about somebody. Tie it in. Show me you've done some research. Simple question. Hey, Anthony, dude, couldn't help but notice you built catapulting commissions. Things are going incredibly great there. You know, what's what's your vision for your your sales director leadership role and catapulting commissions? How's that tie in here in the next 12 or 24 months? Now, great question, right? And I, I would have an answer for it, but it tells me you've done your research before you've gotten there. That's all I want to know is that you've done your research 
before you got in front of me. Mm, mm. Yeah, or hey, Anthony, I, I, I listened to that episode with you on Sales Hustle. Uh, I also sold Cutco knives. Boom. Yes. There you go. Yes. <laughs> you know, tie, tie in and build some rapport, right? Um, so do, so wanna... do you, yeah, do your research, man, and, and don't ask silly questions and, 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 and show that you did your research, right? Like go deeper or, or on a particular topic of something you discovered in your research because, you know, don't just do your research and then hope that they're going to ask you a question about something you did your research on. Yeah, 100%. I mean, my, my last candidate I hired, he 100%. I, you know, he hasn't disclosed it to me, but he disclosed it to one of the, one of the, one of the reps on my team when, you know, they hate, you know, that they knew each other before, before they got the job. I said, hey, how does this person interviewing so well? Point blank, he's listened to every one of your podcasts you've ever launched and has written notes every time. So when he's not preparing or studying for this, he's listening to all your content and writing notes. I'm like, kudos to that. If you could do that to get the job, I can't wait to see what you can do once you got the job. And yeah. you know what? That opportunity exists for so many industries out there. I mean, you want to learn something about a company. If you're interviewing for a corporate job and you want to tell, you want to sound impressive in a corporate job interview, you go and you say, hey, look, let's just use Amazon.com. Not that I'm interviewing for Amazon.com or not that I know anything about it. But if I'm an interview with you and I'm gonna be like, hey, Colin, you know, Amazon.com last year pledged to donate $500 million to the rainforest to protect monarch butterflies, whatever it is. How do you feel mm -hmm. about that? Now, you might not give two craps about it like this is a large company. I don't care. But what it tells me at that point, you're thinking differently than the 90 other people that came in front of me. Yeah. Yeah. So. All right. So so let's 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 take it a step forward here. Right. So we talked a lot about the recruiting process, the interview process. We looked at it from two different lenses here. Uh, now, let's say get the candidate gets the job sales leader. Uh, like what are some things, you know, that 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 you do initially to develop that rep? Um, and then also like, Hey, what happens? Well, let's start there. And then, and then I have another question. Yeah, man. So, uh, I'm a big believer in some sort of guarantee for someone's brand new. And here's why I'm a big believer, right? Whether it's a commissional guarantee, a higher salary, however you structure it, right? The reason I'm a big believer of that is because I don't want someone to sell anything in the beginning. And I say that, and it's such a backwards philosophy. When I talk with somebody, I'm like, look, I don't want you to try to sell anything while you're brand new. I want you to be the likable new rep. That's it. The likable brand new sales rep. Your job in your first 90 days in the field is to identify problems and how you could solve a problem. That's it. I don't want you to sell something. I don't want you to be, here's the bells and whistles. And if you do your job correctly and you identify problems that you can solve, you're going to sell something. But if you go out there with, hey, I'm trying to sell something. I want to prove that I'm the best in my training class. I want to hit top 10. You're going to fall flat on your face and you're going to sound like every other sales rep for every other industry. So I'm a big believer in don't sell in the beginning, just solve problems, learn as much as you can, be the likable new person and opportunities open up for you. Man, I'll even challenge that. Not, not in the beginning. <laughs> for your whole career. <laughs> yeah, there we go. There we go. Yeah. I mean, I mean, the most confident people, you know, you don't want to be a pushy, you know, uh, desperate commission breath sales rep. I mean, those are the people that are giving, uh, you know, sales a bad name. You know, if, if you stick with that path that Anthony just mentioned, you're going to be successful, you know, 100%.
And, and so starting it out that way from the beginning, which can be challenging for a lot of people because they're new in the in the seat. They feel like they got something to prove. They you know got to get some numbers on the board. Got to make sure they keep their job. Um, there's a lot of pressure to perform. So you know how can you? What advice do you have for those people? Because in in a lot of cases, that's what a new you know sales rep is feeling. Yeah, you know that that pressure to perform or prove that you know your manager took made the right decision by taking a gamble on you or putting you in. You you have a family. I mean, I've heard everything from I have a family to feed, I have a mortgage. I mean, there's all these external pressures for you to perform. Look, those pressures are going to exist for the rest of your life. They're going to exist in this job. They'll exist in the next job. They probably exist in the previous job. But your ability to solve a problem and provide value, that's a high income skill. And the better you become at that skill, the higher the income that comes with that skill. And so I tell the person, I tell the average sales rep that says, hey, I want to develop into a rock star salesperson. Great. Learn to solve problems. Learn people. Sales is easy. And when people hear me say, they're like, what are you talking about? I'm like, the, the actual the actual part of saying, hey, do you want to do business with me? That's easy. If, if, that, that, if that's nervous for you, and, and I say this whole humbly, right? I, I only work with and hire experienced sales professionals. But when I do get like entry level and I have one development role, so every now and then when I do interview for that development role and I get new people, I simply say, look, everything you ever heard about sales and you have to learn this and read this book and do all that, I get it. There's a time and place for it. But for me, the skill of solving a problem and providing value on a consistent basis in an authentic fashion is what's going to carry you on the long run. And as you get more advanced in your ability to solve problems, you'll get more advanced in your sales opportunity, right? And there's, I mean, there's a million methodologies, right, that you can use. There's different personality profiles, NLP, DISC, all these things that say, hey, here's how you tailor your sales approach to somebody. They all have a time and place. But if we can't master the fundamental principle of solving a problem and providing value, there's no book or no training program that's going to help you. Yeah. I love what you said there. So, you know, solving a problem, providing value in an authentic way, which is so important uh, because a lot of people early in sales or maybe not early in sales, but maybe new on a new role, um, you know, forget like, man, you just got to be yourself. Don't try to be somebody else or don't try to be something you're not because it, it, it whether you think people know or not, they do. They really, really do. Um, and if you're genuinely curious and, and, and you're passionate about what you do and you believe in the problems that your company can solve, right? And, and you can you can add value and uncover problems and you know dig deeper than be curious enough to to dig deeper and ask better questions. You're going to get the deals that other people won't. Yeah, one hundred percent. You're you being the authentic version of yourself is better than trying to be the 50% version of somebody else. And it's it's challenging, right? As a new sales rep, you go training with somebody, and you're like, this person's successful. You just have to realize, I'm going to take what valuable information I can learn from you. I'm going to roll out where I give you, some companies give you a training manual or a sales script, whatever. I'm going to roll that out. I'm going to follow the program, but I'm going to do it my way with my personality, whether I have an outgoing sense of humor, a dry sense of humor, right? I, I look in the world of, of, of medical because I know medical so well, right? There are people who are incredibly clinical, no more information than the physicians are selling to. Then there's people like me who are like, look, I can develop, a, I can make a relationship with you where you're like, you know what? I want to hang out with you after my clinic hours because you're fun as hell. 
Yeah, I might not be able to tell you the intimate details of the medication you're prescribing down to the, you know, the, the most minute value. But what I can tell you is the end result, and I can make you want to enjoy and have a conversation with me. And that's it. That's That was my sales career. That was how I became successful. So much so that even now in my role, my employees who work with me in this in this industry are often saying, hey, I got so-and-so to come out to dinner. Will you come to dinner? I laugh. I'm like, is that my skill set? Yeah. You make everybody have fun. We'll, we'll dive into the nitty gritty, but just loosen people up. Great. That was always who I was. I was never that person. I was like, I can go line for line with your pharmacist. No, I can't. I can't do that. But. I can make your pharmacist say, God damn it, I want to go have a drink with that guy. That I can do. That's how you sell 10000 worth of commission in Cutco Knives in eight weeks at 19. That's it, buddy. <laughs> uh, hey, Anthony, man, we could go all day, um, but we're going to wrap things up here. Let the sales hustlers know any final thoughts and, and where they can find the book, the podcast, and anything else that we're going to drop in the yeah. show notes for them. Yeah, man, I appreciate it, dude. My website's anthonypgarcia.com as in Anthony Paul Garcia, anthonypgarcia.com. Social media is anthonypgarcia99. Catapulting Commissions is the podcast and the book, uh, both under catapultingcommissions.com. But I'll, hear, I'll give you a deal, sales hustlers. If you want to just download the book for free, no questions asked, you could just text me and say hello at 661-228-8967. It'll give you a link to automatically download the ebook. If you want to purchase it, it'll give you that link as well to get the physical book. But just the ebook, gift of mine to you. If you find value, reach out to me. Let me know. I love hearing what's happening. Uh, what people take from Catapulting Commissions is got endorsed by Selling Power Magazine earlier this year. So it's been it's been a fun roller coaster this past year and a half. Awesome. Thanks again, Anthony. We'll drop the number there in the show notes so you can find everything that you need from Anthony. Uh, if you enjoyed today's episode, write us a review, share it with your friends. And as always, we're listening for your feedback. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Sales Hustle. Are you a sales professional looking to take your sales career to the next level? If the answer is yes, then I want you to go over to salescast.co. Check us out, and if you feel that you are ready, set up a time to talk with me and my co-founder, Chris. I'm your host, Colin Mitchell, and if you enjoyed this episode, feel free to leave us a review and share the podcast with your friends.